I am going to the store. Okay. I love you. I love you too. Are you recording me? Mm-hmm. You are? Yes. That's just fucking peachy. Okay. I love you very much. And don't don't forget my vodka. I want a Bloody Mary. Oh, okay. I'm going to leave that on there. You should. Yeah. Look, I have five kids and a man-child in this house. A little vodka. You said the V8 was for me. Yeah, but I'm going to use some. I'll buy another V8, damn it. With I my just, money. I just want a little. You know all my drink is is vodka with a splash of V8. <laughs> it's not like I'm going to use much of your V8. I'd be more worried about the vodka. Just don't overdo it. <laughs> I won't. Jesus. But I have one Bloody Mary. But it's going to be a really good one. Okay. An excellent one. I'm going to run to the gas station and I'm going to get you vodka. Okay. Uh, please get me two packs of cigarettes. Oh, no, it's Saturday, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, forget it. Okay. I'm leaving now. I thought it was Sunday. I'm sorry. Sure, I love you. Let me see. Let me see the ball. Oh, one shot. Nope, one. I'm that good. What are you guys playing? I give up already. I'll be right back, guys. I'm pulling out. more appropriate.
This is Danger Close USA, Angry Pissed Off American Podcast Radio. And your host, a white guy, an ally, a real American, Jeff Kaufman. It's been, uh, it's been seven days, I think, since I did my last podcast. It's been over a week. I happened to be working out in Atlanta all week long, and I really didn't have time to do anything, and plus, uh, no real privacy to do my show, and nobody I work with would ever be on my show. Um, just putting it blatantly, let me put that out there. So, um... I was in Atlanta. I managed to observe a little bit of protesting. I wasn't able to take part. Um, I purposely uh, got lost on the way back from a job site just to hell. If I say anymore, I might get I might get fired. Um, I I you know I just I really wanted to attend, but I I was at work. Let's put it that way, and um, I can't afford my job to be taken away from me. Uh, I don't really, I don't know, you know, every time I go to do a show, I, I really don't, I don't have a set agenda, you know, like, I'm not sitting there going, aha, I know what I'm going to talk about, oh, oh. Um, a lot of times I, I try to kind of put something together, but yeah, I was just, this was a thinking um, moment for me before I did this today. What's going on in America right now? Uh, there are some people that are angry about the protesting. And there are some people who are extremely supportive. And I, for one, am very supportive of Black Lives Matter. And I'm very supportive of all people of color. I'll be, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you. For a long time, I mean, I'm I'm just going to be honest. For a long time, I did not like the phrase white privilege. I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I didn't like it. I'm like, oh, I don't have any privilege. But I realized, I came to realize, after thinking about it objectively, that that statement is actually 100% correct. I do have white privilege. And it's in every facet of my life. I'm not blind to it anymore. I was blind to it. But I I, I had to think about some things and I had to digest it. You know, it took me a little while to realize it. It took me a little while to admit it. White privilege is a real thing. And I I can tell you, you know, I've had cuffs put on me. I've been arrested before. I'm not going to lie. Failure to appear. Blah, 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 blah. 
I remember being arrested one time and the, and the cops, two white cops, showed up my doorstep. Failure to appear. Now, I, I tried to turn myself in and a bunch of other stuff, but nevertheless, they were there to arrest me. And they came to my door and I just looked at them like, oh man, I thought you were the hungry Howie's delivery guy. Seriously, this was down in uh, Port Charlotte, Florida. And they're like, no, Mr. Kaufman, you're under arrest. And I'm like, I just ordered Hungry Howie's. Like, they just called me and said they're going to be here in like two minutes. And as we're having this conversation, Hungry Howie's pulls up in the driveway. The guy gets out. I paid for my sandwich. And they said, all right, we'll let you eat it before you go to jail. I'm not shitting you. I'm not even making this up. I mean, this isn't bullshit. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll split it with you guys. <laughs> you know? Let me have a cigarette, eat this fucking sub, or it was a pizza sub. I don't know if you know what they are, if you're familiar with Hungry Howie's in Florida, but... So, I took half of it, cut that half in half, served it to them on plates, sat down at the dinner table with two police officers, ate my half of the Hungry Howie's, they ate their two quarters of a Hungry Howie sub, and, uh... A couple seconds later, I was smoking a cigarette, and off to jail I went. Is that white privilege? Yeah, that's fucking white privilege. They didn't know me. These guys didn't know me any favors. I mean, am I going to say that that wouldn't have happened if I was black? I think there's a 90% chance that wouldn't have happened if I was black. But I'm being, I just want to be honest about it, because it's true. White privilege exists. And I don't know if I'm an Anglo-Saxon. I, my, I tan darker than most freaking Hispanics. I'm, I'm being serious. I got really dark skin. So I, I can't say I'm 100% Caucasian. I mean, I, I apparently got some Native American in me or whatever. I, I, it's irrelevant. That whole, you know, pigmentation of the skin is, is irrelevant to me. It really is. It's irrelevant. I don't, I don't believe in judging people based on the pigmentation of their skin no better than I, I, I agree to judging a book by its cover. I, I just don't. And I was raised in a racist home. Okay? And I rebelled against that mentality, that thinking, that ideology. I rebelled against it because, honestly, it's, it's not what I believe in. And I didn't believe in it when I was young. I didn't like it when I was young. It angered me when I was young. And I've talked about this before, and I don't mind mentioning it. My parents were trying to sell their house in Florida. And we had a black neighbor. His name was Ron Dorsey. And he was friends with Diana Ross. And uh, I believe his last name was Pointier. And uh, a plethora of, of black actors and singers. And amazingly enough... Try my phone. Amazingly enough, my dad actually one time called him up and told him he was going to show his house and asked him to stay inside because of his skin color. He didn't want the people he was selling his house to or trying to show his house to to know that they would have had a black neighbor. And he asked Ron Dor Dorsey to stay inside. Now, I will never, for the life of me, understand his... Under well, I understand his reasoning because my father was racist. 
but I'll never for the life of me understand his, re, his thought process in his head as if that was okay to do. And at times I had to show the house and my parents were trying to sell it. Like they had someone coming and they couldn't be there to, to show it. And they'd ask me to show the house to some potential customers because my parents were selling it by themselves, not through a real estate agent. And it, 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 they would literally say, if you see Ron outside, don't, don't let them see him. Like keep them from going outside. I'll never forget this. I'll never forget as long as I live. And I remember it angered Ron Dorsey, but my dad and him had to understand my dad was a racist. And he knew it. He knew that my dad was racist. And I'll never forget it for as long as I live, the look on his face when my dad saw him outside one time while he was trying to uh, sell the house or show the house. And he saw Ron outside and he was literally upset at Ron for being outside. And I think Ron was just challenging him. But see, I grew up in this environment and I grew up to hate it because I got to know Ron and I was invited to his house when he had all these famous people at his house. He had a little teeny house in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was a two bedroom house. The guy was like seven foot two. He could barely bend. He could barely walk through his house without being bent over. I mean, he literally, literally had to bend over to walk through his house. And um, I, I remember meeting all these famous black people, having no idea who they were, you know. But anyways, it, it, it's irrelevant. What's, what I'm trying to say is that I rebelled against the way my father was. I didn't want to be the way my father was. I didn't want to come out the same way that he is. And it takes a bit of understanding and a bit of knowledge and a bit of caring and a bit of everything to walk away from that sort of environment with a total different approach to life and I know I'm changing because I'm raising my kids completely opposite of the way my father raised me and I can say that because my 12 year old came home from school one day and she said asked me and her mother she said is it okay if I date black people if I met a black boy that I liked is it okay if I date them and of course, me and her mother said, yes, of course you can date a black person. What makes you think you can't? And she proceeded to tell us that some of the kids at school told her that it goes against God's teaching for them to intermingle their races, that they, they're white girls, they need to date white boys. Yeah. And needless to say, um, my wife had some words for those kids' parents, and so did I. And, you know, I, the only way my daughter's ever going to know true love is if she understands the fact that true love doesn't have any boundaries. But until that day comes, well, she knows that, but you know, this is how we're going to end racism in America. I can't end it. You can't end it. There's no way to end racism, racism in America, but there's a way to cut it off and eventually, hopefully it'll die. But we have to plant the seeds of hope and the, and the seeds of our future in our children at home because they're not gonna be able to escape race, racism outside of the home, obviously. See, my daughter does, didn't fall into that trap. My daughter said, I don't agree with you. And she's never gonna be like those people. And she's, she's segregated herself from these kids. What I was trying to say is that the only way we're going to 
end racism is by teaching our children. And that's really the only way to do it. And since we can't protect them outside of the house from the influences of racism, you have to instill it and drive it home and plant those seeds at home. And, you know, when one of them come home from school, comes home from school with the same uh, question like my daughter did, you give them the right answer and the right answer. Yes, you can date outside of your race. You can date anybody you want because love knows no boundaries. That's my my words. Love knows no boundaries. If you fall in love with someone and you fall in love with a black person or Hispanic or an Asian, I don't care. It's okay with me. Because I didn't let what my father taught me become part of my life. Because if I had, my answer would have been, no, you can't date a black kid. No, you can't date anybody outside of your race. And that is how you perpetuate racism. And I'm not going to play that game. This is Danger Close USA, angry, pissed off American podcast. Radio, your host, Jeff Kaufman. I'll be right back. It's really the only way that racism can be conquered. It's the only way we can end it. I guess What bothers me the most is that there are plenty of Americans out there that are teaching their children to be racist. Just as many as there are out there that don't realize they're doing it, but do it anyways. Without questioning what they're teaching their children. The point of what I'm trying to say is, and I've already said it, but I'm just going to you know, just say it again. The only way we can end racism in America is if we teach it. And teach the opposite of racism is love and respect. And dignity and equality and justice. You start removing any of those principles of ending racism from the equation, you're going to end up with racists for children. 
And right now is a teaching moment in America where we have an opportunity where we can teach our children right from wrong. And we can use what's going on in this country as a valid teaching point. Because this is not what we want. And what's happening in America is because of racism. Because George Floyd died because the police officer did not give him the respect, the dignity, and the rights he should have gotten. A small amount of common courtesy, intelligence, and respect would have gone a long way. And unfortunately, we just let it slide by. So now we're in this moment. And this moment is an awesome opportunity to teach your children that this is the outcome of racism. This is what you're going to get. Hate begets hate. Violence begets violence. You know, I am going to say this, though, and, and I... And I it was on the tip of my tongue for the last couple days. And I, I think it's time I said it. I'm really proud of the Americans that are protesting in George Floyd's name. Because every time I turn on the TV and I turn on the news and I look at the pictures and I see the video, I don't see just black people protesting. I see every fucking color of America protesting. I'm not trying to figure out the ratios. I'm looking at the faces in the crowds. We have the blacks. We have the whites. We have the Hispanics. We have the Asians. We have every color of the melting pot that this nation stands for protesting George Floyd's death. With all of everything that's happening, everything that's happening with the protests nightly for going over a week now, this is also an awesome opportunity to weed out the hate from the love. And it's as easy as just watching the news and paying attention to your surroundings and the people that you work with. And the people that you listen to, and when you're out shopping, when you're at the gas station, when you're out spending your time with family and friends, now is a good time to realize who needs help. What do I mean? Well, let me explain to you what I mean. When every time you hear a racist comment about the protesters, you don't need to be spending time with that person. Every time you hear a racist word muttered against the blacks and the Hispanics of this nation, those are people you don't need to be around. What I'm trying to say is, right now is an awesome moment. Because of all these protesters of different races and different ethnicities, different creeds, different religions, all coming together, fighting for what's right. Yes, black lives matter. 
what we're seeing is is historic. It's not the first time blacks and whites marched together in the name of justice and equality, but by God, it's the first time we've ever marched in these numbers. And there are plenty of white men out there standing with their black brothers. There are plenty of white women standing out there with their black sisters. There are plenty of Hispanics standing with their brothers and sisters who are black Americans. There are every race and creed of America standing up and saying enough is enough. So when you hear a racist muttering, when you hear stupid people, it gives you a good idea who you should be around and who you shouldn't be around. Because if that they're that shallow and crass and so filled with hate and no respect or dignity for fellow Americans, no matter what their skin color is, then those are people you don't need to be around. Those are people who accepted the teachings of racism, accepted the ideology of racism, took it to their heart, and they live with it. They don't question it. They cherish it. Those are people you don't want to be around. Those are people that you do not want to be friends with. <coughs> or work for. Or work with. Some of us don't have a choice. Some of us are kind of stuck in a situation where... They have to work with a bunch of racist twats. That happens because some of us need the money that they're making. We can just walk away from a job whenever we feel like it. racism with just words we can't end what happened to George Floyd with just words it takes a protest it takes Americans all standing together and saying we've had enough that's what it takes that's what we need that's what has to happen Unfortunately, for a large portion of America, they think Donald Trump is right. Dominate. Saturday. June 6th, 2020. And I want you to think about something. Remember this date. And I'm going to tell you why. Because apparently, 
Today's gonna be the biggest protest to ever hit Washington, D.C. Today is the day that one of the biggest protests, uh, it probably will be the biggest protest, if not the largest ever, and good luck breaking this record, but they're looking at over one million Americans potentially showing up to surround the White House. I, I don't know how accurate that number might be, and I don't even know if that's actually going to happen, but that's what I've been reading, that's what I've been understanding, that they're going to start protesting in Washington, and they're slowly but surely going to make it to the White House. And the numbers are anywhere between half a million to over a million to more Americans are going to march on the White House. And you know what? It's the best goddamn thing we can do as a nation because there's no stopping this country when it comes to making a change. No number of Secret Service, no number of troops, no number of National Guards, no number of our military is going to stand in the way of a million Americans. And I have bad news for those of you that are applauding this bullshit from Humpty Dumpty, Trumpty, fuckface, fuckwad, boy, goddamn bunker-busting fucking fuckface. Sorry. I've got bad news for Donald Trump. We know the military's not there to protect American citizens, businesses, homes, and whatever the fuck else you fucking want to tell us. The American troops are there to protect you, you coward, you fucking goddamn coward. That's what they're there for. They're not there for any other reason. You're scared shitless. Up to 5,000 men and women of our military are going to be protecting Donald fucking Trump, not the White House. Not American citizens. Donald fucking Trump. That's what our military is being used for. It's not for anything else. It's not to calm the waves of protesters. It's all this fucking horse shit. Donald Trump is so goddamn scared shitless of the American people that he's called on that many military members to protect his sorry, pathetic ass. Sorry. You know my show. You know how I roll. This is me. You don't like it? There's another fucking place to go. I don't care. I'm not here to earn fucking listeners. I don't give a flying fuck about my ratings. I don't give a shit. Here's my chance to have my voice heard. If you hear it, you like it, great. If you don't, sign off. Don't care. Not my fucking problem. This is Danger Close USA. Angry Pissed Off American Podcast Radio. Your host, Jeff Kaufman. I'll be right back.
I'm back. for words, without a doubt. Totally without. Totally without the uh, vocabulary I should use lately. I, I just can't get out what I'm thinking lately. What happened to George Floyd has happened to countless black Americans in this country more times than I care to count. I don't care about his criminal history, even if he had one or he doesn't have one. It does not matter to me. I read something from Glenn Beck and it literally just wanted me to, it just made me want to go find him and, and, and teabag his ass. To those people in America that are saying that George Floyd's death could have been avoided if he wasn't a criminal, or any of this insane fucking bullshit that I've been reading and hearing about, I've got a couple of choice words for you. Go fuck yourself. To start with, eat a dick. To start with, it does not matter if you are a fucking criminal or not. It doesn't matter if you are, have been arrested 14,000 fucking times. Police are not judge and jury and executioner. They are not there to do that. I don't even know if he passed a fake $20 bill. I don't even know that. You know that because that's what they tell you. I don't believe it. Where is it? Where's this fucking fake $20 bill? And God knows where the fuck he got it. For all we know, his bank could have mistakenly gave it to him. We don't know. Maybe someone he just worked for gave it to him. We don't know. But it doesn't matter what his past is. Why the fuck is that even relevant? Why the fuck are these assholes even bringing up his past? He didn't get treated with the d d dignity he deserved. It doesn't fucking matter what the fuck he's done in his past. He didn't get treated with the equality he deserves. It doesn't fucking matter what he's done in his past. He was killed by a police officer for no fucking reason other than the fact that he was black. You can't tell me I'm wrong.
for all the injustice that this nation has seen through the eyes of our black Americans to try to take George Floyd's life, his past, whatever, and use that as a scapegoat for those fucking police officers is beyond my understanding and comprehension. Glenn Beck, you're fucked. I I swear to God, you're just a piece of shit. So is Mark Levin. All day. I've never seen him in such a feverish pitch of fucking insanity trying to protect Donald Trump, trying to hide the racism that exists in the Republican Party. That's all he does all day long, 24-7. Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, all of them, every fucking one of them. All of those propagandists are doing the exact same thing the other one's doing. Trying to shift the blame, trying to blame somebody else, trying to shift your, your focus, trying to get you to think something other than what's fact. Trying to get you to see something that's not there. Giving you some minuscule ideas of some bullshit that just gets blown out of proportion so you have something else to talk about besides the inhumane treatment that was dealt to George Floyd. That's all this is about. We're going to blame the Democratic mayors, the governors, the Democratic police chiefs. We're going to blame everybody. Donald Trump's not a leader. If Donald Trump was a fucking leader, he would have addressed an issue that killed George Floyd in the first place. He would have addressed it right then and there. Instead, he addressed you and me, the people who are protesting. And how did he address us? With threats. with his cowardly ineptness to be able to fucking handle his job and do it properly. He can't do his job properly because that goes against who he is as a man. And who he is as a man is a coward and a racist and a braggart and a fucking piece of shit. There. I've said it. He's no president. He's a fucking moron. How many times do I have to say it? How many times do you have to hear it? How many times do you have to see it? Donald Trump and his administration have done nothing for this country worth talking about. Nothing. And when crises hit, like the pandemic, like George Floyd's murder, the protests, the riots, the civil unrest, he goes right back to who he is as a man, a fucking coward hiding in a bunker. You can't even face your own people bringing in as much military as you can because you're afraid for your life. You're afraid of these protesters. But you're okay with white America carrying around AK-47s and AR-15s on city fucking steps of property protesting their lockdown because they're fucking morons. You're okay with that. Donald Trump, you're okay with that shit. I'm an American and I'm appalled by the president. 
what can I say? I anything I say or do is going to change anything ever. We're dealing with a Republican president and the GOP who's willing to do anything and everything they can to stay in power and keep him in power and they're happy with the status quo at the moment because they don't give a fuck about you or me or black Americans. They don't. They never have. Fucking take a wild, take a good look. Oh, yeah. Let's post some shit up. Let's talk about the Democratic Party starting the Ku Klux Klan. Somebody's forefather and somebody else's forefather's forefather did this and this and this. So, therefore, it's still true today. Not if hearts change. Not if people change. Not if mindsets change. Not if beliefs change. The Democratic Party changed a long time ago. It may have started racism in America. I don't know. I don't know all the facts. I know they might have founded some of the KKK, but the KKK wasn't just founded by Democrats. And even if so... People change. Mindsets change. Beliefs change. And those people who started all that shit are dead and gone. And maybe, just maybe, a few of them had kids like me who looked back at the teachings that they were being taught and the things that they heard and the things that they were told and said, no, I'm not perpetuating this bullshit. What's going on in America isn't an atrocity. It's not evil. This is America speaking up. This is America saying what, what's, what's on their minds. This is America taking a stand against all that's wrong. George Floyd's death will not be in vain. As long as we continue to strive forward with not only our demands, but the ideology that we have to end racism. And the only way to end racism is to get it done in our homes. And schools need to start teaching that. If you want to bring religion into the schools, if you want God's teaching in the schools, then by God, you better let all the teachings of God and Jesus Christ in the schools because nowhere in the Bible does it say white people should hate black people or black people should hate white people. So if you want to bring religion back into school, okay. But one of the first fucking lessons we're going to teach your kids is that it's okay for one of them to date a black guy. Or a black woman. It's okay to love outside your race. Maybe that's what our teaching should be. Because we're not teaching that in school. So to all you Christian fruitcakes out there, because I'm a Christian, it's not a Christian fruitcake. I'm not going to go around stepping on other people's toes and telling them who they can pray to and who they can't pray to and whose God's got a bigger dick. I'm not wired that way. I respect every religion and everybody's choice in religion. I'm a Christian. I could sit down with Muslims happily. Buddhists and Hindus. I don't care. In the same way, I could sit down with any skin color 
and have a meal with them. And to me, that's one of the biggest, I don't know, it's, it's, it's more symbolic than anything else, but I'd rather break bread with a person of color right now than anybody white standing there defending Trump. And I'd sit down with them any time of the day anyways, but I'm trying to, what I'm trying to say is I love my country and I love everybody about in this country. Don't matter what your fucking skin color is. I don't care, but I do care. I care today. I care because right now black lives matter. They really truly do. And we can't just sit back and say, well, all lives matter. Yeah, we all know that, dumbass. We all know all lives matter, but right now it's about the black lives in America. That's what matters. And until we can change the system, until we can end the racism, until things get better, we need to remind ourselves every day that black lives matter. And the only way that George Floyd's death could end in vain is if we don't pick that up and run with it. I'm angry. I'm upset. This is not the America I believe in. We are so divided. We are so distraught. We are so angry. We are so mad. We're so oppressed. We can do better. And it starts with education, and I firmly stand behind that. You know, talking about job numbers and all this shit, and Donald Trump saying, it's good for black people and Hispanics if we have a good economy. It doesn't matter what our economy is if we can't make enough money to feed our families. And education is the only way we can solve that. We have to build a better tomorrow with better people, with better educations. When they walk out of high school, they shouldn't just be a fucking welder or a burger flipper. They should walk out of high school with almost a fucking degree in something. There's plenty of time. There's plenty of ways that we can change this. At home, at school, abroad, everywhere. In the streets, in our backyards, in our churches, in our homes. This is where we change things. But we can't change things if we have a president like that. And we have a nation like this. And this nation, the way it is right now, is his design, his making, not ours, his. He's the one being divisional. He's the one that's calling on his friends. MAGA nights tomorrow night, yeah, oh, yeah, oh. If it wasn't purposeful, then why is he calling on another side? Why is he crying out for help? Why is he keep pushing the buttons? Why is he doing all the things he's doing, dedicating himself to one side of this equation, the Donald Trump side of this equation? That's what he cares about. He doesn't give a shit about this country. He gives a shit about his division and how it's working out for him. That's it. And the longer we fucking ignore it and the longer we let it just fucking go away and ignore it for a day and it comes back and it rears its ugly head and we're all upset, but we're not doing anything about it. Well, tonight, hopefully a million Americans are about to do something about it. The march on the White House is real. What's going to happen, I have no idea. But it's going to happen. Because America has had enough. And the side that he keeps fucking with, 
trolling and and trying to irritate and the side that he's picking on and the side he's fucking with and the side he's threatening with cops and threatening with the military and angry attack dogs and weapons he's never seen is all because of his cowardice and his decisiveness to make this country divided and that's why we are the way we are and that's why you're in the street protesting a man's death because of a piece of shit who can't accept the responsibility of his office and do his fucking job that's why we are the way we are today that's why there's a line drawn in the sand because of him because of his propagandist machines running overtime every day defending him and creating a narrative and keeping it alive and feeding the fucking flames that's what they do this american isn't i love my country everything about this country and I'm proud of my nation I'm proud of the Americans that are staying together in the face of everything that's happened in the protest of George Floyd's death black lives matter everything when you look into that crowd you don't just see black people angry you see a whole nation angry of every skin color creed and choice and by God that gives me pride and I thank each and every one of you who have walked, marched, and protested, been sprayed, been kicked, been hit, been everything that you're going through. I just want you to know I love you as an American. And God bless you for being here. See? Hi. There's Daddy. Here, this is for you. Ooh, yay, wow. Oh, you want to carry it? Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> welcome that's not for you you know <laughs> let's go hi hi i love you love you too <laughs> i know i see this car yes we have a car let's go yes we have a car oh god no So you fed a turtle? Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. I'm glad you're feeding turtles. Yes. We fed a turtle. And Kimmy loved it. Did you make her wash her hands? She never touched it. Okay, good. Thank you. Yay! I smell pee-pee or something in here. I don't know. Ow, dog. Yes, I see you. Hi. This is evidently mine, right? Yes. Okay. So I can't do that hundred push shit. <laughs> this is Danger Close USA, angry, pissed off American podcast. Your host, Jeff Kaufman. Have a good day, America.